0: When I was about nine years old, I lived in an area of downtown Preston in Cambridge that had a little bit of a hill. And one of the things that my friends and I did for fun was to take a banana board skateboard that looked sort of like this and go to the top of our little hill and to try to ride down the hill as far as we could without falling off. Now, some people are good at skateboarding, um, we were not. This was an exercise in uh, survival and bragging rights and, and about who could go the furthest. That was about it, there was no skill. And for the most part, we really weren't great at it and there were a lot of skin knees to show for this. But every once in a while, somebody would get on that skateboard and they would find the sweet spot and they would go for a ride that seemed like it would go, f- go on forever and we'd all cheer. Now, the thing about balancing on a skateboard, and I've never been a pro at this, but the thing about balancing on a skateboard is it isn't just about finding a sweet spot and staying put. See, in order to maintain our balance, whether it be on a skateboard or just on any, anything else in life, it, we, we, we make many small adjustments, don't we? We don't just stay in one spot and don't move. There's many small adjustments that our bodies make in order to maintain a sense of balance. And you have to be careful, and I found this out on the skateboard, you have to be careful that you don't make any big, you know, sudden movements because that actually doesn't help you maintain your balance. In fact, that'll throw you into somebody's rose bushes if you're not careful. But small, regular movements are what is needed to keep balance so that we can move forward. You know, in a strange way, I wonder if this illustration can help us as we reflect on our lives. You know, what most of us hope for is that we find some sort of balance in life that helps us keep moving forward. But what can actually happen is we we find ourselves being a lot less stable than we'd like to be, and we can actually feel like we're moments from crashing. And we know we're getting close to crashing when, you know what, our reactions to life aren't what we want them to be. Maybe we catch ourselves lashing out at somebody without much provocation. Or maybe we notice this feeling of distance or a lack of connection with family and friends that we wish that we were closer to. Or maybe we find ourselves feeling unstable, or or, or, sorry, unable to, to feel content with our circumstances. We want to feel content, we really do, but... We just can't quite find that sense of contentment. You know, there's lots of ways in which life might feel unstable, where we might find ourselves feeling like we're moments away from crashing. Now, fortunately, fortunately, God has given his people a gift that can serve as a way of helping us make the adjustments necessary for us to find that balance in life that keeps us moving forward. And he calls this Sabbath. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at what God means by Sabbath. And this week, we're going to look at some of the Old Testament passages that talk about Sabbath. Uh, and we're going to look at that. And, and we're going to, the big idea that we're going to explore this morning is that the practice of Sabbath helps us find our balance for life. The practice of Sabbath helps us find our balance for life. Now, before we, we get into these passages, before we talk about Sabbath, I want to just acknowledge how we can struggle to know what to do with certain parts of the Bible, can't we? I mean, what we want to do and the, what the temptation is, is to, is to think that everything that we read, we should be able to apply fairly simply as if they were instructions that were written specifically for us. But the problem is that that's simply not the case. And in the case of the passages that we're going to look at today, we're reading instructions for people that lived about 3,600 years ago who, who had, were from a very different culture from ours and had a very different set of experiences than we, than we do, than we've had. Now, this doesn't mean that we should you know, not pay attention to these words of Scripture that we're going to read today, but it does mean that we have to do some work to understand how do we take these ancient passages and apply them to our lives here and now in the culture and the time that we live in. Now, the background of what we are going to read today is the Exodus story. It's the story where God has rescued the ancient Israelites, the Hebrew people, from slavery in Egypt. And now that God has rescued them, he, he goes about giving these people instructions for how uh, they can be a, a, a society, how they can be a new nation with, with order. And these instructions would help them remember that he is a part of their lives. And it would, it, these instructions were about helping them remember the, the role that they are going to have as God's people and as God's people at work being a part of what God is doing in the world. And so the passages that we're going to read this morning are a part of that story. Now for us, we aren't the ancient Israelites, we're not the ancient Hebrew people, and because Jesus has come since then, how we know God and how we can be a part of what God is doing in the world is different than how it was for these people, the ancient Israelites. See, instead of rules and laws pointing us to God, we have Jesus who points us to God. And what that means is that when we encounter laws and rules in books like Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, It means that we need to look to Jesus and how the early Jesus followers interpreted Jesus' teachings to know how these things that we find in the the ancient scripture apply to our lives. And so next week, that's what we're gonna do. Next week, we're gonna look at the New Testament passages. We're gonna see how they talked about Sabbath and how in the New Testament, they applied it to the lives of the followers of Jesus. But this week, we're gonna look at some of the commands that we find in the Old Testament about Sabbath. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna draw out principles. We're not, not going to talk about detailed rules. We're going to draw out principles that can help us understand how Sabbath can help us regain our sense of balance for life. And so the first thing that we're going to look at this morning is how practicing Sabbath helps us understand who we are in light of who God is. You know, after the people of Israel were rescued from Egypt, God takes them on a journey and he, and he takes them to a place called Mount Sinai. And it would be there at Mount Sinai that God would tell them that he was going to make them a kingdom of priests. In other words, their calling was to be a people that would introduce people to God and would bring God to people. That was, a, that was their calling. And, as a, and in God's instructions, he was telling them this is how you live out this unique calling to be this kingdom of priests. And in these instructions, we get what we know as, as the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments start with three instructions that are intended to help the Israelites not lose sight of who God is. And the fourth commandment about the Sabbath is a continuation of this theme. And so we're going to read some verses here from Exodus chapter 20, starting at verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servants nor your animals nor any foreign foreigner residing in your towns for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and all that is in them but he rested on the seventh day therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy you know it, it seems that that God knows something about people That people like us need to have limits on, you know, limits to keep us from working ourselves and others to death. We need limits. Maybe it's because we're afraid of being seen as being lazy, or maybe we're anxious that we won't have enough, or maybe it has to do with greed, whatever it is, but God knows that people need limits on work. And so the Sabbath command is a command to step aside from regular patterns of work and to instead, there's an invitation here to trust in God's loving provision and to enjoy rest and to worship God. And when this happens, the Sabbath day is said to be holy. And the precedent for this day of rest is in God. God, at the time of creation, spent six days creating And on the seventh day, he rested, he stopped. And as people who are being made in the image of God, God invites them, he invites the Israelites to not only be like God in their commitment to being holy, but to be like God in their commitment to rest. See, God's people are to imitate the God who rests. You know, one of the scary things about parenthood is that you start to recognize that your kids are turning into you and not always in the ways that you would hope that they would turn into you. Um, For example, uh, over the course of this fall, we've had numerous colds go through our houses, you know, little kids seem to be picking up everything. Some of you who are parents are nodding, they're like, yes, us too, amen, we see that. Um, And I find myself constantly saying, like, just stop running. You're making yourself cough, just stop running, sit down, take a break, have a nap, just do something to take care of yourself. And they look at me like I have three heads. Like, why would you stop? Like, why would I slow down? And then, you know, I realized that as an adult, I'm not a whole lot better. And maybe this morning you have seen me walking around the church and you've thought, is there something wrong with the way that he's walking? And the answer is yes. Because at junior high this week, we were playing a game and I hurt myself like really badly. Now, I didn't hurt myself jumping over the chairs on this section, that was fine. It was on the straightaway running where I suddenly fell down and realized that I couldn't stand up by myself anymore. My calf said, enough. And for the last couple of days, I've been hopping around on crutches and the doctor said, hey, what you need to do is you need to take Advil and you need to rest. Those are good instructions. But at one point yesterday, I turned to Michelle and I said, I hate this. This is the worst. There are leaves that need to be raked outside. There are chores that need to be done. I want to do fun things. I don't want to just sit around. I'm just like my kids, you know? Or they're just like me. I can't take the cue to rest. By the way, my team I think won that game. So in the words of one of our board members, it's not how you play the game, it's whether you win or lose. And I think we won, so it was worth it. Although I understand if you ask Katie, it might be different, it might, she might have a different recollection. What? of That's what you said. She says the rules were changed. I, I don't know, I was hurt. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but the practice of Sabbath reminds us that we are not created to go, go, go all the time. We were not created to do it all. We were not created to be everything to everyone. In fact, it reminds us that we need to take breaks. Sabbath invites us to rest as God rests. And that's a good thing. It's not a sign of weakness. Rest is not a sign of weakness. And as we learn to engage this rest, we will have space to discover things about ourselves and discover things about God that if we just kept going all the time, we would miss out on. See, Sabbath is not just stopping whatever it is that we call work, but it's about redirecting our attention to things that help us discover who we are in light of who God is. Our second point this morning is that practicing Sabbath helps uh, define our relationship with God. You know, as God defines His relationship between the ancient Israelites and Himself, the Sabbath becomes one of the practices that defines this unique relationship. In Exodus chapter 31, it says this Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me, me and you for the generations to come, so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. You know, for the ancient Israelites, keeping the Sabbath week in and week out was a sign of the relationship that existed between them and God. It recognized the commitment that God had made to them in in rescuing them from slavery uh, in Egypt. And it recognized how God was establishing them as as his people. And they were to be a part of what God was doing in the world. it was a weekly reminder of these things. And as God talks to his people, this observance of the Sabbath is a non-negotiable. Because without it, they would lose track of their relationship with him and what they were called to do. You know, in the patterns of our daily lives, we have a lot of things that are clamoring for our our attention, don't we? There's our jobs, there's our our schoolwork, there are family commitments, there are extracurricular activities that are demanding our attention. Not to mention the fact that we live in in a world where there's a constant stream of media demanding our attention. It's just a lot. And in all of that, we can lose track of the life-giving connection that God offers us. But when we practice Sabbath, when we practice Sabbath, we are making space to be reminded of God's ongoing commitment to us, to be reminded that He has hopes and dreams for us. And we are invited in the practice of Sabbath to, to renew our commitment to God. A third point this morning is that practicing Sabbath corrects our bad habits of how we understand ourselves. You know, one of the lies that I, I tell myself in certain seasons is that, you know what, I can't afford to take a break. That what I just need to do is put my head down and power through, right? And if I do that for a little bit, everything that needs to get done will get done. But one of the things that I'm learning in this season of life is that there's a cost to that. That, you know, if I think that I can handle it all, you know, some, at some point it's going to come back to me and maybe not in a good way. There's a crash coming that doesn't feel very good. Now does that sound familiar to anybody else? Does that sound familiar? Whether it be a season at work that has way too many deadlines or we're in the final weeks of a school term where we have to try to get all the assignments done. Or maybe it's a season and we've got a Christmas season coming up where there's gonna be a ton of awesome things that we can participate in. And you know what, we, we want to do these fun things. And I think that most of us, we think that hey, we can handle this for a little while. But what's left of us on the other side? You know, as God talks to his people about the Sabbath and about rest, he acknowledges that there will be busy seasons, but he underscores the the importance of rest nonetheless. Let's look at Exodus chapter 34, verse 21 for a moment. Because this might be one of my new favorite Bible verses. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even during the plowing season and the harvest, you must rest. Six days you can work, but on day seven, you got to take a break. Even in that season, when you think that you've got way too much to do to afford to take a break, you have to take a break is what God says. Let that sink in there for a moment. Let that sink in. I know what we're thinking, but there's just so much to do right now. If I, I just can't afford to take a break right now. I just can't afford to take a moment to myself. There's so many people relying on me, if I just pause for a little bit, I'm gonna let somebody, else, somebody down, right? Or if I don't get my kids to all those activities and all the things that they're supposed to do, then they're gonna have a horrible, I'm gonna ruin their childhood or something like that. But what if we aren't seeing ourselves accurately? What if the way that we see ourselves is a tad overinflated? You know, we can think that we are indispensable and that without us, the world's gonna fall apart. We know that sounds silly, but that's how we live sometimes. And while the things that we do and who we are in the lives of other people can be very important and are important, we sometimes take this importance a little bit too far. In fact, if you've ever stepped down from a position at work, it's humbling to realize how quickly they will figure out how to go on without you. Sabbath activities move us out of the normal busyness and urgency of life. And challenge our thoughts that we are essential and the lie that the world will stop without us see the practice of Sabbath helps us keep things in check it reminds us that we are not God it reminds us that the world will not collapse if we pause to take a break and to be refreshed instead it grows humility it grows a more accurate understanding of who we are, our abilities, our, our, our contributions, and yes, even our limitations. Sabbath helps us gain perspective on, who, on us. As many of you know, we have a little dog named Zeke. And so here's a picture of Zeke. Oh, that's a good one. It's a summer one. I like it. Anyways. Zeke isn't technically a COVID puppy, but functionally he is. We got him in the weeks leading up to the pandemic, not realizing then what would happen is that we would never leave the house again. And as a a result, As a result, Zeke doesn't know what it means to be in an empty house, he really doesn't. And so as life has gone on and we have gone to work and so on, uh, he is getting a little anxious about the fact that sometimes people aren't in the house. And it's made a little bit more difficult by the fact that my wife works about half the time at home and the other half time not at home. And so there's really about one day a week where suddenly he's by himself and he doesn't know what to do. And so to try to figure this out with him, to try to help this poor little dog out with it, I I decided, you know what? I, I live close, I work close to home. I'm going to go home on those days when he's by himself. I'll give him a little bit of a walk. I'll eat my lunch there. I'll just take a little bit of a break. And I got to tell you, at first I was thinking, this is terribly inconvenient. Like, I love this dog, but do I? No. Like, I mean, this is really breaking up the, my, my flow of work. Like, I got to go home in the middle of the day? I can't afford to do this. But one of the things that I've realized is that taking that break is actually really good for me. I mean, Captain obvious statement right there, right? Taking a break is good for you. And that by taking that half an hour, 40 minutes to go walk the dog and eat lunch, I actually come back and I'm more productive and more creative than I would have been if I just kept on working. Who knew, right? I think this is a great way for us to think about the practice of Sabbath. Even though our minds may tell us we're too busy for a break, the result of Sabbath rest actually means that we are better prepared to engage life than we were previously. And so our fourth and final point this morning is that practicing Sabbath helps us become aware of God's blessings. Leviticus chapter 26, observe my Sabbaths and have reverence for my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season, and the ground will yield as crops and the trees their fruit. You know, here again, we, we are reading a command by God to his people to observe the Sabbath. And, and then it moves, not just from observing, the, not just saying observe the Sabbath, but to a statement about how if you follow God's commands, and the Sabbath is one of God's commands, that, that it will result in good things like rain and a good harvest. Now I'm not sure we're supposed to read this like God is saying that he's going to withhold things, you know, good things, unless his people do what he says. So much as communicating that uh, the idea that when his people find themselves in alignment with God, that is, in this case, taking the time to step back, to rest, and to refocus, that the result is that they will enjoy a fruitfulness, the, the fruit of this relationship and a fruitfulness that maybe they would have, wouldn't have experienced before. They would have found, they discover something new. You know, for us, when, as we discover or maybe rediscover this practice of Sabbath, we're going to find that we discover or rediscover some of God's blessings. And we might find ourselves equipped for life in, in, in special and unique ways even just the pattern of doing, stepping back in ordinary, doing ordinary things. You know, when we decide that first thing in the morning, the first thing we're we're not gonna do is check our email, but instead we're gonna let the morning, you know, give ourselves space to reflect, maybe to start the day with some prayer. We might discover just a new outlook on life. When we set aside our chore list and instead play a game with our kids, we might discover joy. When we give ourselves permission to take a nap, we might discover rest and peace. When we enjoy a drink with friends and we invest in, a, in that relationship, we will discover new things about ourselves and the supports that we have around us. When we leave our phones behind and we just enjoy a walk for what it is, we discover god the beauty of God's creation. When we engage in activities that turn our attention towards God, like, like worship or, or reflecting on Scripture and prayer, we, we will see a growing awareness of God developing in us that we will see and, and, and interact with life differently than we did before. And all of these things are, that I just mentioned, these are just some practical ways, simple ways, not uh, that we can practice Sabbath, but certainly there's others too. But the big idea is that when we step back from what normally occupies our attention and energy, what we are doing is we are making space for some of the the good things, both big and small, that God has given us. We're making space for us to enjoy. And that is refreshing. We are refreshed by the gifts that God gives us. Now, as we wrap up this morning, I just wanna say I've been careful this morning to not be prescriptive about how we've talked about Sabbath. You know, I, don't want to, I didn't want to talk about do's and don'ts. You know, this is what you should do, and this is what you shouldn't do. Because I think that the Sabbath is a whole lot more than that. The idea of Sabbath is about how do we do life when God is at the center? And it's more than a list of rules. And we're going to explore this a bit next week. But I think we each need to go on a journey to discover how do we apply these principles, these principles of Sabbath, to our lives. And if you'd like to explore more of this, in the sermon notes uh, that we will post uh, that are part of the the app this morning or we'll post it later on this week when we post the sermon, there are some additional uh, internet resources, some articles and stuff that you might find interesting, About four of them that come from a variety of sources that might help you on your journey as you explore what does this idea of Sabbath look like? What could it look like for me in the age and stage of life that I'm in? because I think how Sabbath might look like for you might be different than how it looks for me, and so on and so forth. But there's principles of Sabbath that we can each apply. But as we close this morning, I'm going to invite you to join me as we do something that can be a way that we experience a mini Sabbath just in the flow of our lives. And so I'm going to ask you in a moment just to, to close your eyes and to take a deep breath. And then I'm going, to read, uh, I'm going to read just a piece of scripture that, that are words from Jesus. I'm going to ask you to listen to them as if they are Jesus speaking them to you this morning. So when we close our eyes, take a couple deep breaths. And hear these words from Jesus. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Lord Jesus, this morning we want to say thank you for bringing us together. Lord, we acknowledge that there are a lot of good things going on in our lives. That are, uh, there are things that have our agendas full that we're excited about. But, Lord, there's also things that are just seem like too much. And for some of us, Lord, our worlds seem to be out of control. We're afraid that we are at risk of crashing. And so, Lord, this morning, regardless of where we're coming from, we ask that you would speak to us wherever we are at. Lord, that we would hear your invitation to find rest, what real rest is in meeting with you. God, this morning we've talked about Sabbath. We've talked about how your command to rest is more than just something that we are, to, just a command to appease you, Lord, but it's something that's for our benefit. Lord, help us to see that. Lord, that we would, uh, as we take a step back from busyness, as we take a step back from urgency, Lord, that we would rediscover you, we would would rediscover who we are in light of our relationship with you. Lord, that we would see things with a new perspective that is life-giving. Lord, help us to live in that space. God, there's a lot coming at us this week. We will be overwhelmed. Lord, help us to see you. In everything that's going on, help us to catch a glimpse of you, Lord, that will just remind us of your presence. In your name we pray. Amen.